Welcome to Food Talk for Health, because you really are what you eat. Here is your host, Tony King. My guest today is Dr. Neil Barnard, president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Barnard. It's great to be with you today. Let's start off by talking about your participation at the White House Nutrition Conference that recently happened. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, the White House Conference, um, I think they did a, a really good thing in that nutrition tends to get pushed into the backseat. And it's really been a good generation or two generations since um, the federal government has said, no, we really need to focus on this. So that is good. However, uh, for us and everybody else who was, was part of this, there we recognize that this is a big challenge because there is just about no lobby more powerful than the food lobby. And it wants to have bacon in front of you and cheese after it and all of these things. And, and for pretty much every administration, that's been the, the issue. We know the food's a problem. We know the food industry doesn't want to really change things. So we're, we're a bit stuck there. But people like you that have been researching how diet affects us as far as diabetes, uh, pain and whatnot, you are probably finding out about different things such as dairy, how it affects disease or potential disease. How do you communicate that to the other side, so to speak? You know, it's a funny thing. Uh, even though I'm, I'm feeling less than optimistic about what can happen in public policy, like changing laws and that kind of thing, right? the public itself is not waiting. And the reason I say that, uh, researchers have shown, take dairy, for example, uh, we grew up with the idea, have three glasses of milk every day, great source of calcium. But then suddenly the alarm bells went off. And, and I'm going to credit Harvard with this. Back, oh, really about uh, year 2000 or thereabouts, Harvard did two big studies that showed that prostate cancer is linked to dairy. Wow. In other words, men drinking more milk had more prostate cancer. And it took some time before they realized that milk causes something in the blood called IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor, number one, to increase, and that causes the cancer to form, but we're still pushing dairy. So anyway, pe people have become aware of that, and they've become aware of the fact it's got a lot of sugar and bad fat in it. So you walk into the grocery store, and you go to what used to be called the dairy case, and there is some milk in there, but there is soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk, yeah. just about every other kind, which a generation ago was not there. So my point is, uh, on a more optimistic stance, the public is saying, we want the alternatives. And you've seen this with meat products, for sure. When I was a kid, I, I grew up in North Dakota, and a burger was a burger. <laughs> Today, I mean, it was it was beef, you know, right? And, you know, the, the grease dripping down the, your fingers <laughs> into, into your coronary arteries. Um, but today, a burger might be a meat burger, or it may be a veggie burger, an impossible burger, a beyond meat burger. These things are in, I don't care how small of a town you live in, these things are there, and that is good. It's good for your health. And despite the fact I grew up in cattle country, North Dakota, <laughs> um, I, I do want, and those are good folks, so don't get me wrong. But I do want to say, that the more we go in the veggie direction, the vegan direction, the better off we are going to be. And that's better for us. It's better for our kids. It's better for the animals who are otherwise going to be turned into a burger. And it's a whole lot better for the environment. And so, so the, the point is, any administration has a tough 
situation. They're thinking, gee, I don't really want to tell the farmers not to be making steak and cheese. Uh, but the public is saying, we want more choices and we're going to vote with our dollar. And we're going to do it right now. Well, we've come a long way. We really have. Oh, yeah, we, we certainly have. The products are there. And, and there's one other thing, though. The, the federal dietary guidelines for Americans, boring name, but the dietary guidelines for Americans are reformulated every five years. And whatever they put in the, the guidelines dictate what your kids eat in school. They dictate every food assistance program. So it's extremely powerful. And industry weighs in like crazy because, as you can imagine, yeah, you know, they want their products sold to school children. But Canada made an interesting choice. They have guidelines too. And they said, when our guidelines are reformulated, we're not going to do what the U.S. does. They said, our government scientists are not allowed to look at any industry-funded research. So if the dairy industry came up with some research study saying you should have three glasses of milk every day, if it was industry-funded, the government said, no, we're not looking at that. And when they came out with the Canada's food guide, said the most amazing thing. Unlike the U.S. dietary guidelines for Americans, which say three glasses of milk every day, Canada said, you don't need that at all. The beverage you need is water, <laughs> a glass wow. of water. Yeah, exactly. And dietitians were rejoicing and the food industry was nervous. And uh, and that's where we are. Well, but my question is then the purpose of the conference at the White House. Was it to hear from all sides? And were was there a lot of debate? And were there functional medicine doctors there as well as regular uh, traditional doctors. How was it laid out as yes, far as getting information and giving information? That's right. It wasn't so much as a, a debate as more of a, a forum for ideas to be weighed. And industry's voice was was quieter. Um, there were, I guess you could call them traditional doctors if you want to. But, <laughs> but, but however, the nutritionally oriented doctors have a pretty big, big voice now, too. Um, and uh, we are among them. And so uh, that voice was heard. And so whereas a generation ago, you didn't hear people talking about have a plant-based menu or have vegan items, da, 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 da. That, that voice was actually there pretty loudly. Um, I, I do have to say there's one area of controversy, and that's the word hunger. It's kind of fashionable to talk about we need to address hunger. But the truth of it is, the SNAP programs uh, used to be called food stamps, but now mm -hmm. it's the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, really much wiped out hunger. Um, this doesn't mean that it's perfect, but what it replaced hunger with is obesity. Now you can get your SNAP card and, and a retailer is going to say, great, give me your SNAP card. Here's the Velveeta, here's the soda, here's you know the, the chips and all these things. And we are now have government policies that, that give out food that we're not really that proud of. And that's not the case with any other food assistance program. So the, the controversy is, can we say that food assistance programs need to be healthy? And the minute we say that, you get the food lobby saying people have people want to choose. They want to have a soda. They want to have ice cream. They want to have all these things. And and as a, as a doctor, my feeling is that we should serve food to the public, the people who need it foods that we would proudly serve to our own children. And, um, and, and, and that's a politically not very popular thing to say, but I, I think that's where we need to be. Oh, I totally agree. And 
like you said, it's turned into obesity and as well as diabetes, and I'm sure a lot more. Yeah, it has. And and there are some really kooky things in federal policy that have to change. And I might just mention a couple of them. Right now, we know that we need protein, for example. Mm-hmm. But you don't need protein from meat or eggs. There's plenty of protein in beans and even in vegetables and grains. Lots of protein. And in fact, it's probably a better protein for your body because it doesn't come with cholesterol and bad fat. But in the federal guidelines, when they talk about you need protein, you know what's at the top of the list. It's, meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that's been slow to change. Secondly, we need calcium. You need it for healthy bones and so forth. And the guidelines don't really say that green leafy vegetables are, that's actually where the cow gets it. You know, the, the cow doesn't make calcium. It's, they get it from grass and we can get it from broccoli, kale, collards, whatever it is. But uh, when you read the guidelines, when they say good calcium sources include, and dairy, of course, is right at the top, milk, yogurt, and whatever, despite the fact that it has all kinds of health problems. But um, the third thing that I think really needs to change There are a lot of people who are lactose intolerant. And all that means is that when you drink a glass of milk, the sugar in it is something that when you were a little nursing baby, you could could digest that sugar. You had enzymes in your digestive tract to break that sugar apart and you could absorb it. But now you're all grown up and those enzymes are gone and you you drink milk and those those, uh, sugar molecules irritate your digestive tract and you get sick, you know, diarrhea or cramping or gassiness or whatever. And this is not so common among white people, um, but it's very common. It's the rule in everybody else. And that's because many white folks carry a genetic mutation that that allows the enzymes to persist in their digestive tract for a longer period of time. But lactose intolerance means that for many, many people, if they follow the government guidelines about having three glasses of milk per day, they never get out of the bathroom. And I don't want to say that the, the, that the guidelines are intentionally biased, but they have that effect. And there is a, um, there's a law, it's in federal statute. Let's say you're a 16 year old kid, you're lactose intolerant, you can't drink cow's milk. Mm-hmm. You go through the, the lunch line and, the, and you say to the person who's handing you the carton of milk, you say, I can't drink cow's milk, but at home we have almond milk. Can I have that? She'll say, I can't give you almond milk. Uh, can I have soy milk? No, I can't give you soy milk. Can I have rice milk, oat milk, anything? I, can I have this? By law, they are not allowed to give you any non-dairy milk. They have oh. to give you a carton of cow's milk unless you bring a note from your doctor or your parents saying that you are disabled, that you have a disability or a medical condition. And you could say, well, I don't have a medical condition. I'm just lactose intolerant. Wow. Like everybody, everybody else is like being left-handed or right-handed or whatever. It's like everybody in my family, the law says, nope, you got to have your mom bring it out of the doctor. The doctor's got to certify that you have a disability. Come back here and then I'll give you some almond milk if I've got some in the back. And so we have been working with members of Congress. The, the American Medical Association years ago said, we got to change that. I mean, that's just wrong. I can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's say you're a black kid, and 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 you 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 say, look, you know, if you give me almond milk, I'll be fine. If you give me cow's milk, I'm going to be in the bathroom when I want to be at the debate meeting. Right. You know. Um. And uh, the, the AMA came out and said we've got to change that, and we we we've, we've got to make this different. But still, that is the law. The problem is that same kid. Let's say he says, okay, uh, 
gee, I'll try to drink cow's milk. I'll go to, I'll go to the store. I'll get the, the one that's enzymatically treated. So it's lactose free, but still dairy milk. That same kid is at the highest risk of prostate cancer mortality. If, if this is a black child who grows up to be a woman, female, um, as opposed to male, she's, she's at a high risk, very high risk for breast cancer mortality, which is also linked to cow's milk consumption, according to recent research that we have. So the point being, the alternatives that are out there, the healthier choices out there, let's make them available. Let's get away from this kind of 1950s yes. era of nutrition. And so for me as a doctor, that's what we want to do. We can do it. We can be inclusive and fair and healthy. Well, it makes me feel good by you saying that the uh, AMA is actually trying to work on this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. and years ago, years ago, the AMA wasn't really getting involved in nutrition very much, but they have been very good. And, and we need this because let's face it, kids today, many of them have pre-diabetes before they get their high school diploma and they've got high blood pressure they they gained weight more than they wanted to when they're still young. And it doesn't get better when they reach their thirties and forties and fifties. And this is not due to genetics. This is all due to food marketing and things we just kind of grew into because nobody told us what was better. And so I think we can do this. Um, and I got to tell you, if I can change me who grew up in North Dakota, <laughs> eating all the worst stuff. Now I follow a totally vegan diet. You know, my breakfast is is oatmeal. And if I'm going to have uh, bacon for breakfast, it's going to be veggie bacon, I promise you. Um, my grandpa's rolling in his grave when I do this, but that's, <laughs> that, that's the way it is. Um, because uh, I, I got to tell you, my grandpa died at 62. And oh. we thought, we, well, we, well, we thought that was because grandpa was old. <laughs> and, and, and then now I realize maybe 62 is maybe, maybe I want to live a little bit past that age. Um, and so uh, getting the saturated fat and cholesterol and junk out of your diet and learning what a plant is, is a good thing to do. So what happens if you go back to North Dakota now? Do you still have family there? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I go back frequently and I, I got to tell you, I love it. Um, funny thing I, I've discovered there, there are so many options right on Main Avenue in Fargo. Uh, there is a restaurant that's been there for a long, long time. It's called the Mexican Village and everybody goes there and they eat you know, beef, bur uh, beef burritos and all this stuff. But they have, if you are ever in Fargo, this is where you should go. They have... <laughs> The the jalapeno burrito, which is stuffed with refried beans and more enough jalapenos, it's almost life threatening. But if you <laughs> ask them, everything in the burrito, all the beans, even the gravy, happens to be vegan. And I said to them, you know, I've been coming here since I was in high school. When did you make this switch? And they said, we had that same burrito when you were here in high school. You just didn't know. So, <laughs> so that's wow. what you order. Go to Fargo, ask them for the bean burrito, the jalapeno bean burrito, hold the cheese, and you're going to be so happy. So at least now that your family has absolved you from uh, being a meat, you know, not a non-meat eater now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, ex exactly. Let's face it. We're all in this together. We've all grown up on diets that weren't exactly perfect. Right. We, right. we, we learn a few new tricks. Um, when I was a kid, we didn't realize that diabetes could be improved or maybe could go away. We didn't realize that our cholesterol could really be knocked down. Our team and others have been doing research showing that diet matters and, and it can matter enormously. And we just need to put it to work. Now, you know, we're in October, which is always breast cancer month. And, and I know that you've done a lot of research about estrogen as well. Is that correct? Uh, breast cancer is not mainly genetic. I know that sounds strange to say. There are some cases that very much are. 
But in many cases, it's driven by food. Here's what happens. Estrogens, female sex hormones, will attach to breast cells and they can cause the breast cell to become cancerous. And they are the estrogens are also like gasoline on a fire. They, they can make that, that cancer cell propagate. But we've learned that the amount of estrogen in your blood, which we want, it, we want to minimize it because it can drive cancer, the amount of estrogen in your blood can be changed. If you reduce the fat content of your diet, researchers at Tufts University showed that that will moderate the estrogen content. It'll bring it down a little bit. So you still have more than enough. You're, you're still a woman, but uh, what it's, it's a little, the, the excesses are trimmed away. Secondly, if you increase fiber, that means beans and vegetables, the high fiber content also reduces estrogen a little bit. You put these two together, low fat, high fiber, that brings estrogen down so that a young woman is going to have less cramps. I'm talking about just menstrual cramps, less endometriosis, we believe, and less risk of breast cancer down the road. But let's, let me say a special word for dairy products because dairy products actually have estrogens in them. Uh, cows are impregnated every year on every dairy farm in the U.S. and the rest of the world, and they are milked way into their pregnancy, and they are dumping hormones into the milk. And the dairy industry doesn't want you to know it's there, but every glass of milk you feed to your seven-year-old daughter, your five-year-old son, whatever, it's all got estrogens in it. And so that's made a lot of us think, okay, that's why dairy products seem to be linked to hormone-related cancers. So we're, this is all fueling an interest in other kinds of milks. And surprisingly enough, soy milk has the opposite effect. Soy has isoflavones, but they tend to reduce breast cancer risk when women have more soy. If after a cancer diagnosis, it helps, it increases, the, the soy improves survival. And the reason I emphasize that is many people thought it was the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. They've always said, don't eat tofu. Uh, the whole soybean curd is not good. Right. It's, it's, it turned out to be just the opposite. What, what the, the reason people made that mistake, it was an understandable mistake. Uh, soy isoflavones do attach to estrogen receptors too. So that made everybody nervous. But in recent times, what we have discovered is that the soy isoflavones attach to what's called estrogen receptor beta, B, break. It puts the break on cancer. Ah. Um, and we have known now for about 15 years or so that women consuming the most uh, soy milk, tofu, other soy products have about 30% less risk of breast cancer compared to women who avoid it. And then the woman who, a woman, let's say she has a breast cancer diagnosis. If she now adds soy products to her daily routine, her risk of dying of her cancer is cut by about 25 or 30%. So we're now advocating soy and we're ad advocating vegan diets for both for cancer prevention and, and also for cancer survival. We are talking with Dr. Neil Barnard. It's fascinating just hearing about all the different research that's been going on regarding diabetes, breast cancer and whatnot. Where can we go to find out more information about you and your research? Our website here at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is pcrm.org, pcrm.org. And my book, uh, Your Body and Balance, is all about hormones. And I'm going to tell you one quick funny story, if you don't mind. Oh, um, no. I have, a, I have a section in there about menopause where I describe that this kind of diet, plant-based diet plus uh, soybeans, ought to be good for menopausal hot flashes. The book came out. I got a call from a woman named Betty in Wisconsin. She says, I did what you said. 
my hot flashes were gone in a week. And I thought, wait, I said, wait, wait, I, I didn't think it was going to work quite that fast. You know, what, what did you do? And she said, well, totally vegan, no animal products. I kept oils really, really low. And I had a half a cup of soybeans every day. And so I said, well, what brand did you get? How did you cook them? Da, 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 da. She told me everything. So I actually ran into the office of my research director. And I said, Betty just told me the world's greatest diet for hot flashes. Let's, <laughs> let's test it. And so we did. We recruited 84 women. Uh, this this paper just came out uh, last Friday oh. in, the, in the journal Menopause. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 84 women, they all had moderate to severe hot flashes. And uh, Betty's diet of vegan, low fat, and a half a cup of non-GMO soybeans reduces the moderate to severe hot flashes by 88%. That's incredible. That, that is about as good as hormone replacement therapy, except all the side effects of a healthy diet are good. The average woman lost eight pounds in the study. Their hot flashes were gone. In so many cases, they were sleeping through the night. Their cholesterol was better. They thought, wait a minute, why didn't my doctor tell me that with some food changes, maybe I don't need this prescription anymore. So uh, it's it's been great. Anyway, it's, uh, I, I'm so grateful to our research participants and, and especially to Betty for cluing me in on, on how, how to implement this in the best way. Isn't that great? Betty from Wisconsin just yep. opens the door. <laughs> yeah. You know, research is a collaboration. Many of the studies that we've done, somebody, you know, we have an idea of what ought to work. Somebody has to try it. And then we see it does work. We kind of massage it a little bit, try to to, to get it in the right way. And and then we do our randomized trials. And if it works, we let the world know about it. I love your book, Your Body in Balance. I know we spoke about it once before, but it's it's just right on with so many different things. Uh, the new science of food, hormones, and health. And hormones, that's a big word. I mean, there's a lot that's going on with hormones. It is. And that's what got me so excited because years ago, 20 years ago, we started doing our work in diabetes. And diabetes means a hormone is not working. That's insulin. And you could have blown me away when we discovered that insulin can be changed based on what you eat, that your insulin may not be working and that and you've got type 2 diabetes and your blood sugar is going up. We found with funding from the NIH that by making diet changes, we can, we can change what's called insulin resistance. The, the cells are not responding to insulin. We can change that. We can change it fast. And so we started to see people who didn't have diabetes anymore. And that was mind-blowing that diabetes for some people could be effectively cured. We were afraid to even use that word at the beginning, but that's just one hormone. And then we started looking at estrogens and we realized we could change them. And then uh, by, by that, I mean, either increase them if you need more or reduce them if you need less just by changing your diet. And then thyroid hormone. So many people get out of bed in the morning with no energy. And they they look at their skin and they, there's something wrong with me. They don't realize their thyroid is not putting out enough thyroid hormone. Well, you don't, you may need medicine, but for many, many people, the answer is diet. And so anyway, I just got excited that kind of like selecting paints out of a paint set, <laughs> you, you you can use foods to, 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 to dial your hormones. So if I want my insulin to work better, my testosterone to work better, my, my estradiol to work stronger or less strong, um, so that I don't have menstrual cramps or I, or I don't have hot flashes or my endometriosis gets better or fertility can be improved. We now know a lot about the foods that make that work. And that that has been, to me, the most exciting development and more exciting, I got to tell you, than, than a new prescription drug because it works with the body. The side effects are all ones you want. 
I'm excited just talking to you about it. <laughs> it's, it's, um, well, it's empowering and it's empowering yes. for, for our family members. And um, in our research studies, we might have a woman who comes into the study to tackle her hot flashes. But her, <laughs> her husband, her husband has diabetes and wants to lose weight. So the husbands very often do the same diet changes that the woman might be doing and, and they, they benefit too. And, and of course, their kids, to the extent that they're eating healthy diets, are much better off. So when when we are talking about diet, we are talking about a plant-based diet, correct? Yeah, that, that is by far the best. I mean, I guess our grandparents were right when they said vegetables were good. And, you know, my, our grandparents knew about beans, but kids today think, what's a bean? I don't need a bean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a bean. Um, but yeah, the, 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 health, the healthy food groups are, are really simple. They're vegetables and fruits and whole grains and beans. But then our job is to take those simple foods and turn them into delicious meals, whether it's a veggie lasagna or or, or something simple, like instead of a, a meat chili, I'll have a bean chili, or instead of topping my angel hair pasta with ground beef sauce, I'll top it with a, a, a vegan arrabbiata sauce, which is a, a tomato sauce that's got just a little kick to it. Um, there, there are ways to do this and make it fun. You can take your morning French toast and you can, it doesn't have to be doused in cow's milk and egg. You, you can change it, change it a little bit and put some nice maple syrup on top. And it can be a delicious breakfast, uh, but it can be a healthy breakfast. Now you're really getting into my area for sure. Your book, the your body and balance also includes some great recipes. Can you share one or two of your recipes with us? Like in detail, tell us how to make something. Well, um, I, I let, let me first of all say that we doctors, when we when we do these things, we have to make sure we're partnering with somebody who is a food expert. And my food expert in this case is Lindsay Nixon, Lindsay S. Nixon. She goes, she's called the, the happy herbivore. Okay. Um, and so she has made some, when we sat down and, and tried to map this out, the whole idea was let's have some uh, recipes that are familiar. So it's not strange foods and relatively few ingredients and something so you don't have to spe- spend 90 minutes in the kitchen. And Lindsay came, really came through with familiar kinds of dishes, but also plenty of desserts. So you will see chocolate brownies, <laughs> all kinds of, of things in there. Um, and for somebody like me, who's kind of all thumbs in the kitchen, even I can do this. So I hope people have a chance to have a look. We're talking with Dr. Neil Barnard. Tell us again what website we can go to find out more information about you. Okay. The, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine's main website is pcrm.org. That stands for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, pcrm.org. Well, I hope we can do this again, Dr. Barnard, because there's so many things to talk to you about. You're such an interesting fellow. <laughs> Well, my my only deal is I'm glad to do it, but I want the listeners who they learn so much from you, they get inspired by you. My deal is I want them to not keep any of it a secret. They've got to tell everybody else that they know right. what you taught them, because it's no good for us to have some knowledge if we don't share it. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Great speaking with you today. You've been listening to Food Talk for Health with Tonya King. Thanks for joining us. Eat well to be well.